putting out my own static. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's using the medium, Denny. <laughs> I'm in fantastic voice tonight. Short and worse, all the tape going. Oh, here's a little note from the Times. 4,200 trains enter and leave Chicago each day. Well, don't you ought to know. Rambling roars of the wild We'd like to salute any rambling rose of the Wildwood that's listening to us tonight, and there are several rambling roses in Wildwood, New Jersey. I have this thing. We just have to... <laughs> tonight we would like to salute the Bluebird Diner on Route 22. Opposite the stylish the flagship. Right next to Denison Clothes, where money talks, nobody wants. Rasmus and Rudy too. Hey, I'd like to salute somebody tonight. May I salute somebody tonight? I would like to salute somebody tonight. There's a little picture picture here at a paper of a, uh, of a guy that my mother was hung on when I was a kid, and I'd like to salute him. It's a, it's a guy who used to end his broadcast. He was on the radio. He used to end his broadcast every night by saying, no, in fact, he'd open his broadcast every night by saying, huh, there's good news tonight. Who was that? That's right. Eighty years old. Give him a salute, please. Drum rolls, please. Salute. Come on, let's go. Good news tonight. Yeah. Drop a bomb out of Kremlin. Seventeen guys were killed in an airplane crash. An earthquake wiped out Chile tonight. A fire rage in Brooklyn. Oh, there's good news. There's good news tonight. Hold it there. Hold it there. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Here we go. Who says that? What famous newscaster always says, That's an in joke, man. That's so in. It's out. <laughs> That's how far that one is. Uh, oh, uh. By the way, we'd like to salute Lebanon, Tennessee. It's the first town that's really done something about it. The city council passed unanimously an ordinance manning rain from Lebanon, Tennessee from September 27th through October 4th. It's illegal there to rain. Hey, you know, speaking of uh, salutes, uh, there's several people here we'd like to salute. Uh, uh, I, where is it here? I've got my... Special salute list here. Oh, yes, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Oh, yes, here's what I would like to salute tonight. I would like to salute, you know. Well, well, when you always hear about uh, trivia, you know, all the time they talk about trivia all the time, and they ask you who was the second gangster from the left. 
and big nightclub scene when Humphrey Bogart busted in, you know, with his guys with the Tommy guns going. And uh, how come they always talk about, the, you know, that type of person? I know uh, one great trivia guy that I know that never gets mentioned. What was the name of the fantastic police dog that was in big movies? I mean, there's a star. It's the only police dog I know that ever got to be starring pictures. Real star. There's a star in the pictures. Yeah, I mean, bigger than Lassie. Now, come on, don't you know the name of that dog? What was his name? No, 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 no. You're wrong again. His name was not Big Tin Can. It was not. You got it almost big tin can. You're wrong. <laughs> you were almost right. Almost right. Lady, go back up on the top there, and it's time to hit the ding-dong. See whether or not you're going to win a big prize at today's show. Now, it was not big tin can. The name of the, of the dog we're talking about is Rin Tin Tin. And uh, for those of you who are trivia collectors, we would like to uh, give you news of what's happening to Rin Tin Tin and his family, see? A little note came in on the uh, Associated Press Wire. It says, Santa Ana, California. And we quote here, His grandpappy would have been proud of him. Tico, a retin, a famed movie dog by this bad guy who had broken into the home of his master, Dr. Horace Caden, an optometrist. They held her at gunpoint while looking for a roll of adhesive tape with which to tie her up, the housekeeper. She broke away and screamed just like they did in the movies. Tico! Tico! That sounds a little silly. It sounds like a bad dance. Tico! Tico! Rin Tin Tin's brave offspring bounded into the room. The 110-pound German shepherd, oh, bad mother, bared his teeth and leaped up at the startled men. He grabbed one guy by the you-know-what. He jumped high in the air and left pieces of his trousers all over the room. They escaped out the window after busting the glass. And the housekeeper said, she's been pampering Tico since the incident with pats on the head. I wouldn't, lady. With pats on the head. 110 pound off Eddie. That son of a gun's probably got teeth like, uh, you know, like 10 penny nails. I've seen dogs that reminded me more of alligators than dogs. And boy, I'll tell you, if you get a tough German Shepherd, you got a tough dog. You got a tough dog. He will rip your thorax open like you open a, a cantaloupe. Wow. That's it. <laughs> and uh, she says uh, she's giving him lots of bones. Well, I would like to suggest to that housekeeper a, a real gift. I, I think the kind of gift that a lot of dogs would appreciate. Why don't you give him one of these big rubber toys, you know? I, they ought to bring out a rubber toy. You know that kind of dogs chew like a rubber bone? A rubber toy in the shape of a man's leg. <laughs> with a, you know, with a foot on it. <laughs> He'd grab you. Oh, you could also bring out another rubber toy in the shape of something else. And I'm like, you just hold it up and he grabs all of it. All right, would you please? Let's, uh, let's salute that, that, that big old dog out there. No, the other one. The other one. No, no, the other one. That's it, that's it. All right, that's my salute music.
right, that's enough. That's uh, not very good here. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I just thought you ought to know that, uh, all dog, you know, die. <laughs> I, I kind of like this scene, uh, I'd like to salute another lady there. Would you please set this up? Uh, the ladies are doing groovy stuff these days uh, in San Paulo, Brazil. September 26th. Helena Silveira, 26, ran out of a bar, flung off her clothes, totally, completely, and shouted, There's no water at home. I want to take a bath. The caretaker of a nearby hotel sprayed her with a hose and gave her a sheet for driving off. She then went home. <laughs> kind of like that scene. <laughs> the crazy stuff that comes out. You know, I'll tell you. It's a. Uh, uh, I'll never forget. You know, you talk about great, uh, great misprints and stuff that comes in on the news. You know, the the New Yorker has made a habit all the, throughout the years of printing them at the bottom. You know, great moments in the press and all that stuff. Well, I remember. All oh, right, I I don't know quite how to tell you this. Uh, uh, well, uh, it's a, uh, it was a, it was a, it was, a <laughs> it was an account of a wedding, one of the funniest ones I've ever seen in my life. It was a, it was an account of a wedding, and you know, uh, uh, misprints are like errors on a ball field; they tend to breed one another. In other words, if you're going to see one misprint in a piece, you may see eight of them or nine of them in one, you know, one little piece. And it was a description of this girl. See, and says, uh, says uh, we'll say, uh, uh, Miss uh, Lucinda Applerot was today married to Charlie Gumpox in a very impressive ceremony at the First Presbyterian Baptist Reformed Church. It says, uh, her gown was tastefully decorated with uh, hanging black hams, which was a nice start right there. I guess what they meant was black hams, but that just came right out. Just hanging black hams. It's just very tasty. And uh, I like the use of the word tasty. Then it went on in the next one. And I don't know how quite to say this to you, friends. I'm going to have to ask you to use your own imagination. It says, uh, Mr. Gumpox, her intended and her now spouse, is the famous skeet champion of uh, Ohio and the Midwest. And as part of the colorful ceremony, a group of his Skeeting companions uh, fired their shotguns into the air. There was a misprint in the word shotgun. It says it was very colorful ceremony. I thought it certainly must have been. <laughs> I don't know whether the... <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I'm good. <laughs> well, I read that scene. I says, oh no. I thought to myself, gee whiz, I wonder, I hope that, you know, I hope that marriage doesn't go on the rocks because of this. You know, a lot of people start right off the first five minutes, a gigantic fight, that sets the entire tone of the wedding. And it's going to set the entire tone of their whole life. I can just see this lady, you know, this Lucinda Applerod, and she, she says, yeah, you and your friend, that reporter. He, you, <laughs> you would have those guys with those terrible guns. What was all that about, anyway? Just because you're some kind of a gun nut. Now look, everybody's laughing all over town. Look at, look, look. I can't even say it out loud in front of the dog. Huh? <laughs> oh, listen. Uh, I just thought you ought to know, friends. Uh, Americans. I saw this in the Times. It was on the bottom of the little thing there. 
says Americans still have more automobiles than bathtubs. What is the Times trying to say to us, friends? What are they up to? Just being... Oh, uh, before... And here's another one. Before the advent of modern dentistry, people often went to blacksmiths to have their teeth fixed. I still do. You want to see that madman. He's got these big chisels, you know. <laughs> oh, but listen, the first time I went in there and he brought out that sledgehammer. And that chick tied me down, you know, with the straps down like that. And he started to cackle. Uh, incidentally, wouldn't that make a great TV show? It would. You, you, could, you could open up with a shot of that, that uh, light that you look up into, you know, when you're in the dentistry, that big, that big round thing that's all, uh, that big, you know, that big light they have, see? And it opens up with a shot in that light, see? And you hear this, you hear this mysterious music playing behind it, you know, dramatically, and you hear the sound of a drill. And then it says, Charlie Fosdick, fearless optometrist. Oh, that is an optometrist, is it, they? <laughs> Charlie Fosdick, fearless orthodontist. And then, of course, it opens up with Suzanne Plachette coming in. At the, yeah, you know, I can see the great case. You see, see here you see a fearless uh, Charlie Fosdick, a dynamic orthodontist. And, uh, yeah, he's sitting there. It's played by uh, Richard Chamberlain. You know, he's 18 feet tall chiseled uh, profile, uh, a boyish, whimsical smile. And his sidekick, you see, is uh, Ben Gazzara, uh, who was the uh, brilliant, uh, he was the brilliant dentist at the Indianapolis School of Dentistry and Veterinary Medicine. And uh, he's a brilliant dentist. And, uh, of course, uh, J- Chamberlain is the kind of lackadaisical, friendly, but uh, very, very reliable and spectacular spectacularly dynamic dentist. The other one is brilliant. See, and there are two sidekicks. One is cynical, and the other keeps saying, you know, you know, Charles, Buzz, no, they always have named like Buzz. You know, Buzz, <laughs> if, if Buzz has been used once in television series, he's been, and I've never met anybody in real life named Buzz. Never. I mean, Buzz is always a big name. Robin. I've never met a girl named Robin. There's a lot of Robins always popping up on TV. But uh, nevertheless, uh, he says, Buzz, today I was walking down Fifth Avenue. And Buzz, the whole world is a carry that has to be filled. Oh, that's see, that's, that's very idealistic. And with that, Buzz says, well, you think you're the one to do it? Bunny? And uh, Bunny, that's a good name. And then uh, Buzz says, of course, you a lot of interesting things. You remember that, the, the, that pair on Route 66? I always wondered about that pair. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah, I keep seeing, you know, guys like that down on Greenwich Avenue there. But uh, that's another thing. I don't want to bring that in. But nevertheless, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, you could, you, could, you could make a beautiful sequence of that. Uh, uh, fearless orthodontist. You see, I think one of the troubles with most television shows today and uh, this is a little personal opinion on this subject there, is that we can't really identify him. You know, the walking around, scratching, spitting human being, he can't identify with a wrangler. And uh, let's say, uh, what, what's the name of those valleys? There was a places like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Bonanza Brothers. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, Buddy Ebsen and, and his sons are always fist-fighting their way through the Old West. Well, not many of us fist-fought our way through the Old West. And I can't really identify with that crowd. I, I've never branded a steer. And, uh, oh, none of that. Oh, of course, they've never seen doing that kind of stuff. They're always fist fighting. Now, I've done that. 
Uh, they do a lot of fist fighting in those things. I never see them branding steers or working at anything like that, pumping water or anything like that. You know, like they really do on a ranch, sitting around a gripe and, and uh, you know, wish they could get to New York and all that stuff. That's what they really do on ranches. I've been on them, you know. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, they're always on this. Uh, what's the name of that series, anyway, with Buddy Ebsen and that crowd? They're on, uh, yeah. They're, uh, what's it, Rabonzo Valley or something like that? They got some name of the thing. No, that's uh, Nixon's friend. That, that's Pepe Brabanzo. Yeah, didn't he have a band? Yeah, he used to be a, a marimba band he had. Yeah, I wondered why I heard that name. Now it's coming back. Pepe Brabanzo and the Seven Maraca Boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Nixon for you. Probably played at his wedding or something. But nevertheless, uh, I, uh, uh, I, see <laughs> I see these shows, you know, and I can't identify with... Uh, with a with a guy who was a, uh, a bomber pilot in World War II, you know somebody that always played by Gary Merrill, uh, you know this is this is totally out of my ken. I can't identify with a cowboy. Beverly Hillbillies, nah, nah. First of all, they're rich. That that kills it right there. Now who can identify with that crowd? No, you know what I think they ought to start having TV shows about, and I think people would love it. Fantastic. Really, I mean, they really go for it. Can't you just see this? Uh, on comes the music. Uh, get me some serious music in there. You, uh, show me what you've got in there. I think some good music, see? Just hold it all up. That's all. Just hold it all up. Hold it all up. That all I got? Dirty records. Oh. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's better. Oh, that one. Oh, that's uh, it's Bell Star Live and in concert. All right. How about giving me... Uh, uh, giving me uh, cut two on the uh, anti record. Yeah, that's right. Cut two on the other side. Yeah, the little one. All right, now, what a great show. Okay. All right, here we go now. I get you see. Okay. Okay, here it comes on. Now, see, it, it's now it's now 10 o'clock, and the entire nation is waiting for this big television show, which uh, has swept the country. In a, in a storm, because it's the first people's TV show, which truly, truly is identified with by millions and millions of ordinary working American peoples, right? It is now 10 o'clock at night, and that peacock comes out, it goes, dum dum dum. How comes the peacock? It says the following program is sent to you in color by NBC, and then... Isn't that terrific? What an opening scene. And you see the shot, see? You see water swirling. Fantastic shot of water. It's in color, see? It's swirling round and round and round and round. And you see it's going down a big drain. The water. And then the voice says... And now the story of Charlie Applerod. Dynamic plumber. Tonight's case, the movie star's stuffed-up brains. From case file number 39 of Charles Applerod, plumber. Phone rang, 10.38 in the morning. It was Lesbia O'Toole, movie star. The drains in her apartment were totally stuffed up, especially the john on the second floor. Madam, I want only the facts. Says she's knee-deep. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, Whammo, the dynamic, no detergent enzyme, total all-purpose soaping product, brings you Charles Applerot Dentist in just a moment, but first. Wouldn't you see it? Wouldn't you watch that? The case of the stopped-up train? You made the tub? Oh, of course you would. And, and he talks about how difficult it was, you know, and he and his friend Buzz go out there, and 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 uh, there's there's one moment when when he turns to Buzz and he says, Buzz, I suspect sabotage. Her first husband. Look what I found in the drain. It was ready to go off. Do you realize what would have been thrown all over this apartment had that damn thing blown up? Some men will stoop to anything. And so we close case file number 39. Charles Applerot, plumber. Listen next week at the same time for case file number 40. The sinister occurrence in the men's room at Grand Central. would be a groovy show. Sent to you by B-A-B-O. <laughs> I just tell you, it's, tell you, it's getting too much, too much. Well, speaking of too much, I mean, I want you all right now, I want you all to look into that radio of yours, friends. Just look deep into it. I mean, look into it. I mean, look seriously into it. Oh, man, did you hear this? Here's a little terrible plea from a suffering lady who writes to Dear Abby. I want you to listen to this. We clipped it out of Dear Abby. I, this is going into my vast file of total trivia. You know, along with those new chamois skin maxi coats, which are designed for tall guys named Bruce. Uh, you know, the ones with the gold fringe on the bottom. Yeah, it's a groovy crew. Uh, but uh, here's a little note here. It's in the... Uh, it's in the Dear Abby column. Listen to this. I want you to seriously think of this picture, the scene. What a beautiful little one-act drama this would make, you know, if it was written by Tennessee Williams or somebody. Listen to this. Dear Abby, Dear Abby, I think there is something wrong with my husband, Abby. He was a Marine in World War II, and he was always very proud of that. But lately, Abby... I don't know how to say this, Abby. Lately, he has been sleeping in his uniform with all his medals, cap, and even his sword. Should I watch him for other signs of peculiarities? Sign worried. <laughs> Please, Abby, help me. What a beautiful scene. I can see this guy at attention there. You know, with a sword on. He must have been an officer. They don't give swords to EM, friends. No, no. You get a shovel when you're an EM, but that... Oh, I wish I could shimmy like my sister Kate. You know, like she shakes it, breaks it. Like jelly on a plate. ba 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 Boop, 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 boop.
Another sportsman out there. Never done a good sports salute lately, have we, friends? And oh, no, no, that's all right. No, no, no. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, would you please, uh, Lee, give me a. Uh, uh, hey, Lee. Uh, put it down for a second. Would you please give me the yellow one there with the stars and stripes on it? We'd like to salute a great sportsman there. Now, give me on that. Give me El Capitan, not the stars and stripes. El Capitan. Oh, by the way, I didn't uh, wish to say anything bad about uh, that blacksmith that I go to get my teeth fixed. He doesn't know he's a blacksmith. Oh, I all set in there? Well, then just set it anyway. You don't have to cue it up, man. All right, it's time now for the world and news and views from the whole sports scene. Here we go. Here we go. That's better. I knew we'd go sometime. Bring it on. Good evening, sport fans. That's our salute to Stan Lomax for tonight. Good evening, sport fans. Good evening, sport fans. It's time now for news from the world of sports. And this is Butch Bullard reporting tonight for the sports scene. like to salute another great champion. It is always better to lose honorably than to win sneaky. We would like to salute a man in Los Angeles, a great unnamed sportsman, a man who bet his friends that he could hold his breath underwater for four minutes. Didn't. Seven hours later, they dragged him out of the pool. He tried to play the game. And that's tonight's World of Sports. This is Butch Pollard reporting. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Hey, fellas, watch. I'm going to hold my breath for four minutes. And they sit out there for eight and a half hours with the stopwatch. One of them says, you know, he's doing real good. <laughs> Somebody says, look, well, maybe I'll... look at him. He's still sitting down there. Hey, well, that's a true story. Well, I'm, I didn't invent it. I don't invent the news, you know. <laughs> like, you know, I tell you, some, the things people say are much better than anything any playwright could say. I mean, like, it's like when they had the rocks 
uh, you know, they, they had these uh, rocks on display in Washington, the moon rocks. Did you hear about that? You know, everybody lined up to see them. And so uh, one of the first kids that saw it, well, you know, they were standing outside this uh, at the Smithsonian Institute Arts and Industries building. I don't know what the moon rock has to do with arts and industries, but nevertheless, there it was. And so uh, this kid comes out, and they ask him what he thought of it. And he says, well, uh, it just looks like any other rock. Uh, you know, how's that for missing the point? And there's always the usual guy. There's always one in every crowd that says, well, uh, to me, the uh, rock uh, doesn't excite me. Uh, urban problems have far more impact on people like me than a cold piece of rock. Thank you, Izzy Klutzmager. For the quote of this week, missing the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He, thinks, he probably thinks he's a real dynamic, hard-hitting uh, liberal type, you know, really good. Oh, uh, speaking of dynamic, hard-hitting liberals, uh, uh, let's see, what did I have here? Yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm a great collector of stuff that comes out of the silly section of the Times. You know, I put these things away. And uh, do you know what you can buy now through the silly section of the Times? You can buy a decoder, a real decoder. I mean, you know what it's used for? It's a decoder that you put over those holes that you get in checks and bills. You know those cards you get that say, do not mutil or spindle? And I sometimes sneak around and I spindle the hell out of them. Oh, man. You should have seen the one I mutilated one night. It's terrible. But nevertheless, uh, I, uh, I, I see where you can buy a, uh, <laughs> it's a translator. See, it's like a, like a code breaker. It's a decoder, yeah. And you put this thing over the holes there, and it tells what they mean. Now, I can, you know, I can just see yourself getting a, getting a, uh, you know, getting in one of these nice little all beautifully punched out things. It's a light, soft green on it. It says official, do not mutilate or spindle, all that stuff. Just keep for your files. And you put it over it. It turns out that your favorite bank, you know, that sent this thing to you, you put this thing over it. It says, you're starting to decode it. Uh, W-A-T-C-H-T-H-I-S. Oh, look, it's coming, Mabel. Watch this. Uh, one O N E. Watch this one. H E S. He's a. They're talking about me. Watch this one. He's a. D E A D B E A T. Deadbeat. Watch this one. He's a deadbeat. They're talking about me, Mabel. They're talking about me. Watch this one. He's a deadbeat. And it's there, punched in the thing. It says, "Do not spindle." And I can't even tear it up. For fear of going to jail, they're saying I'm a deadbeat. <laughs> well, what do you think those holes say? You don't know. That's why you can buy a translator. You mean you thought they just made those holes so they could hang up good? You really didn't know what those holes were? I'm amazed. No wonder you were looking at dumbly at through this whole bit as if you didn't get it. Well... For those of you who are also made of total cheesecloth out there, those people with uh, with bowling balls between your ears, I would like to tell you that that check you get, you know the check you get once in a while? You get one of these cards that says IBM and all that on it, and it's got holes all over it? Well, those holes mean things, friend. 
they're not just punched in there so you can look at you know watch watch the Mets game through them or something like that. <laughs> they and and you can get a decoder if you place it over there. It'll tell what they say. Yeah, because each one of those stands for a letter. You didn't know that, did you? Oh, all right. Wouldn't you like to know what they're saying about you down at your friendly bank, you know, where you got a friend all the time waiting? Yeah, I'll bet you have. Mm -hmm. you, ever tried, you ever try to call that friend at 3 o'clock in the morning and have him come over and put ice packs on your head? Try that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You ought to try walking into your friend's office there. You know, where you got that friend at the bank and say, Hey, gee, I'm all, oh, Charlie, quick, I need 10. Oh, man, am I strapped. I got this chick next door. Holy smokes. And I've only got $3 in my pocket. The bill is already 12 Holy smokes. I need 10 at least. Quick. Try that. See whether Chase will help you out. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> I mean, I'm just feeling groovy tonight. You know, feeling great. It's a... Uh, yeah, can you tell that? Well, it's because of my jacket. I got my magic jacket on. I am going to sleep in this jacket. I'm never going to take it off. It's all right, I will. All right, you got your thing, I got mine. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, you know. It's like that guy that sleeps in this Marine uniform with a sword. Who am I going to put him down? No, sir. Not with that sword on. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, and you can't put me on. I'm, I'm going to wear my socks jacket. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm having put on it? I'm having shoulder straps and everything so it doesn't come off. I'm going to have it uh, fit over my feet like, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Denton's. Uh, they fit down there. I'm, I'm going to sleep and everything. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm going to have a pair of velvet pants made like this. Something look groovy. Yeah, with a white stripe down the side. What's, what do you mean? Now, you, see, this is rampant jealousy. If Pucci brought it out, you'd flip. Boy, what a great name, Pucci. Holy smokes, it makes me want to Pucci all over the floor. <laughs> here, Pucci, come here. Come on. <laughs> oh, did you see what he did? He just reached out and... Dum, da, dum, dum. Yee. Don't ever pinch her on her puchy. That's it. She'll bop you right in the thing. Dum, da, dum, dum. <laughs> hey, what's the matter? I, I, uh, those are pretty good little thingies. Oh, come on. Come on. Hey, by the way, the first recorded use of celery was as a medicine. And uh, 850 B.C., they sat around, you know, tried celery. for. I mean, that's as good as most of that stuff. I mean, uh, I'm serious. You see these commercials on the air, you know, it says, He's got a double whamadiazin headache. Dong, 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 dong. His head goes back and forth. Dong, 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 dong. Do you know that they, they, they made one of these headache people take their commercials off the air? Did you know that? Yes, sir. There was a tremendous amount of medical hoopla about it because they had a special uh, kind of beat in this commercial. It was a, And they didn't mean it. I, 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 don't, I hope they didn't mean it. I mean, but the, the beat in the commercial, the commercial came out and says, are you suffering from... Give me a little echo. Can you give me a little echo chamber? Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll show you how that commercial was. Are you suffering from a ding-dong headache? Headache. 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 Well, it went on for 58 seconds. By the end of 58 seconds, Daddy, you had a ding-dong headache. In fact, uh, <laughs> the AMA said what they were trying to do was spread headaches. So that you'd rush out, you know, and go into your uh, your headache uh, closet there and say, oh, oh, quick, quick, and et cetera. Oh. You know, I've never, none of that stuff has ever done anything to me, particularly. 
Oh, yeah, you know, they always have this thing about the take the excedrin headache and the instant you take it. You, you notice how any kind of these pills, not just the, 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 you know, all of them, it shows this guy instantly. He takes the pill or the chick, says, oh, oh, my head, echo chamber, please. Oh, oh, my head, oh, 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 what a headache, oh, split, oh, look at my head, it's in two pieces, and then this voice says, and uh, why don't you try an aspirin? Oh, 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 oh. An aspirin? I never heard of him. Yes, try an aspirin. Oh, what a headache, headache, Here, take an aspirin and see what happens. Oh, oh, it won't help me. Oh. Say. Say, I feel wonderful. Why? I can hear music playing, birds singing. It's just groovy. And that's another eight-second cure on television. Up down the water to riot in the streets. <laughs> Sing it out, man. Oh, I wish I could shimmy. <laughs> like my sister Kate. She shimmies. She shakes the brakes at Lock Jelly on a plate. <laughs> oh, all right, that's enough. I'll give you an eight second headache, man. Sing that all the way through on your DED dead. Living here. Oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Here's a here's a here's a an airline now is supplying its customers with blind dates. Well, you know those commercials they always show these guys on these uh, fantastic moments. Hey, by the way, speaking of commercials, there's one airline now that seems to imply in its commercials that they're giving $1 million to the people who work for the airline to be nice to you. Otherwise, if they didn't get the dough, you know, down the hatch goes your bag, Bus open, the flower pots all over. Get out of the way, Charlie. No, come on. Carry it up there yourself. What do you thought? What do you think I am? What's the matter with you? A cripple? Well, what do you mean, commercial? I know it's not in a commercial. Who's you're not in a commercial? Now you're on an airplane. Sit down, you klutz. And uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I think that the morality of that commercial is fascinating. It's like they're bribing their employees. To, you know, to be nice to you. And, and they keep saying to you, don't forget now, my name is uh, Applerot. This old Charlie Applerot here carrying you out of plane. Don't forget, Applerot, Applerot. Don't forget, they're giving me dough. i I got to get votes, Applerot. What happens if when the, when the contest is over? I guess you're back to the old grind, huh? Carrying your own bag, you know, and, the, and then they have that special elephant that steps on them. You know, at that place down there where they uh, unload the bags. I one time waited for about 25 minutes in an airport, not more than six weeks ago. Yeah, in Boston, to get a bag. And then when it came, I want to tell you, it was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. It was like a, a Mark 7 tank had gone over it. I could see the tank treads on it. Actually, and then somebody machine gunned it. You know? I looked at it, and I said, uh, hey, uh... I see they still got them, they're still uh, using those Mark 10 tanks back there, huh? I said, what are you griping about, buddy? You got your bag? You're the first guy this week that's got his bag. You should be lucky. You should get down on your fed. What a... <laughs> 
I'm sorry, friends. This was a very, very objectionable program tonight. It was totally objectionable. And I can only say it's because I got my groovy jacket. And I, I, uh, I just want to apologize. Tomorrow night I'll be, I'll be a friendly old jovial, uh, whimsical Gene tomorrow night. And, uh, you know. You know, I just give me, you know, once in a while a guy's got to be out klutz, you know. By the way, I still think that idea, that TV show with a great plumber. You know, Suzanne Plachette comes, she's up to her knees and all that stuff. And she's she's hollering, help, help, help. But the, but the Jack Webb swims out to her with a plumber's helper. And he says, quick, ma'am, the facts. And she says, ah, it's coming. Down the drain she goes. Oh, yes, every TV show has either Ed Begley or Suzanne Plachette on it. Or Tom Poston on a panel. Not to mention Kitty Carlisle. Now bring it up big, 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 big. 